to say his name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for the name, the authority that's in that name, the freedom that's in that name, the victory, the cleansing. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise, the salvation, everything that you put in that name, and that name belongs to us. We use that name. We speak that name. We thank you, Father. Demons tremble. Demons flee. Oppression leaves. Sickness bows when we speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We, we speak it with joy. We thank you, Father, for the privilege of being one with you, one with Jesus and all that he got. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word this morning. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. We ask you to open the eyes of our understanding. Teach us, Lord. We, we receive what you have to say to us. We'll give you all the glory for all the changes and all the help we get from your word. In Jesus' name, everyone that agrees said, amen. amen. Before you're seated, I want to pray for Jill. Is Jill here? Is she still here? Come on up here, Jill. And uh, she's going in to have some treatments. She's believing God to protect her from some of the side effects. And uh, praise God. So we're going to agree with her. How many of you know God meets us at our point of faith? God's going to meet her right where she releases her faith. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. You ready? Good. All right. Father, we lay our hands on Jill. Thank you for her, uh, for her covenant. Thank you for, that you, Jesus, are her personal Savior, her personal deliverer, her personal healer, her personal protector. Father, we say she's kept by the power of God. We lay our hands on her. We believe you, Father, for protection over her body and her treatment. In the name of Jesus, it'll not harm her in any way it shouldn't harm her. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your keeping power, preserving her. And we thank you for long, healthy life, for your glory and for your honor. Devil, you're a liar. We call her free. We receive the power that raised Jesus from the dead into her body. We thank you, Father, for healing in Jesus' name. We thank you for healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Wow. I got a shot of that myself. I needed that. <laughs> praise the Lord. We worship you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You are her healer. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, yeah, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, thank you for that. 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 Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Lola Makite. Lola Kamaye Sokoloboye Masakitiye. We thank you for that. 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 That visitation. We thank you for that visitation. 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 Thank you, Father. We receive that. We receive that. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. There's just several things happening right now in the spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Father, those that have been bound by addictions, I take authority over it right now in Jesus' name. I command that to be broken off of their life. I command that bondage to go. Satan, you take your hands off of their life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's some folks here that need to receive that. Just raise your hands and say, I take my deliverance. I take my freedom. I receive my freedom from that bondage, that, that, that addiction, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for freedom, 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 freedom in the name, freedom in the name, freedom in the name. We give you praise, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If that was you, you just, you just make that that's your point of faith. That's your point of contact. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I was just checking my heart on this. Uh, last night, some things came in my spirit. Uh, Rob, I'd like you to come up here. And Rachel, you can come up too. Um, I don't want you to be in fear or anything. I just was picking some things up, and there's an endowment on my life, and we're just 
uh, I'm just going to minister to you, okay? So I'd like you to, with me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You lay your hands on his chest, honey. In the name of Jesus, we just minister the healing power of God. Thank you, Lord. And this heart is strong, strong. These lungs are strong. This body is strong in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for just receive that by faith, Ron. We thank you, Father, for strength. Strength. Thank you, Lord. Just listen to the Holy Ghost. Listen to what he's saying to your spirit. Listen to your spirit because he picks up things from the Holy Spirit. And as you listen and follow and obey, everything the enemy planned will be averted. <laughs> Thank you, Father. And you'll go from one step of glory to another, and one step of strength in your body to another, to where you are strong and run your race and finish your course. No more. No more. No more. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Strength. Thank you, Lord. From strength to strength. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, and Rob, Jesus. that I wasn't Jesus. ministering to you for addictions. I mean, you can take that if you Thank need. You, I, I wasn't ministering. So I didn't want it to seem that way. That's why I called you up here, because that was an endowment of the healing power of God that went Amen. into you. And, uh, you know, whatever you needed it for. <laughs> so. Thank you, Father. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. Amen, amen. Did you bring your Bible this morning? Let's go ahead and uh, hold it up and say, thank you for the word this morning, Lord. I'm going to get what I came for. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. We had a wonderful session or service down in uh, Lee's Summit. That'll be coming out in a couple of days on the whatever plat- social media platforms. The best utterance I've ever had down there. The utterance has been marvelous, and uh, people are more people are connecting. More people are saying, "Yep, this is what this is it. <laughs> this is our church." So, thank you for believing God with us. Praise God. All right, did you bring your Bible? Let's open it. If you brought your Bible, let's go to uh, wow. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter number one. Those of you by live stream, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we hear so many reports on the road of people getting blessed and getting answers, getting help. And we are glad and thankful for this technology. So thank you for letting us know God's using this to bless your lives. Hallelujah. Genesis 1, I guess over the last, well, it's not been really a series yet, but it's been uh, a couple of services lately where we've been ministering on the authority of the believer. And uh, I want to get back into that this morning. Originally here in Genesis 1, verse 26 and uh, 28, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. That was God's original plan for man, that he have dominion. Then he mentions the different parts of creation. 
And uh, verse 28, God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Then he mentions the fowls, and the fish, the creation, and everything. And then uh, uh, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, um, overall, back in verse 26, he also adds in there, in verse number, right there close to the bottom, over all the earth. So this was God's really, his original plan for man to have dominion. That means authority. That means nothing bosses him around. That means he's the boss. The devil doesn't boss him around. Sickness doesn't boss him around. Any of the curse doesn't boss him around. And so, um, so really he's saying, uh, first of all, in verse number 26, he says, let's make man and let them have dominion. And then he said over here in verse number 28, uh, subdue it. In other words, use this dominion. Uh, have it. I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to use it. And so we want to talk about this. This is really a command of God to have or uh, occupy. Remember, Jesus said, occupy till I come. That's a command. That's not an option. It's not something we should just be saying, well, you know, I don't really, I don't really, uh, I don't really, you know, walk in that. But no, it's, it's a command. It's, it's for the betterment of the kingdom of God. God's got a plan and he needs us to help him cooperate with that plan, bring that plan to pass. And so um, a lot of times when we're discussing the authority of the believer, we're talking about, you know, we've been looking at uh, Psalm 8 where he says he crowned him with glory and honor and let us make, he said uh, he was made to have dominion. You remember? Uh, And we talked about that. And a lot of times we're talking about, when we talk about dominion, we're talking about dominion in our own lives. And uh, because that's the main reason God gave us dominion. Our dominion is not, it's delegated authority. It's delegated dominion. And because it's delegated and because we don't have authority over everybody and uh, everything and all the planets and things like that, we have authority. Our authority has jurisdiction. Does that make sense? In other words, it's a little bit like a police force. Here we've got the city police. We've got the, the state police. You know, there's different police forces with different jurisdiction. And if a crime is committed in, uh, you know, across the river over here in Illinois, well, the, the Iowa police don't have jurisdiction over there. <clears throat> Amen. So, you know, our dominion is delegated. It's uh, given to us in measure, but it's, it's given to us in our own lives, and it has jurisdiction. In other words, it just won't work everywhere. It won't work for everybody else. That's right. Right? I mean, if somebody else wants to yield to the devil, then I I can't take authority over that. Jesus cast out devils. He went about doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil. He ministered to people. But you don't see him just walking down the street and indiscriminately just casting the devil out of everybody. It's when people came to him. And by coming to him, they were actually transferring authority, the authority, uh, they were giving him authority in their lives. So it was all in the realm of dominion. So we want to look at this because there's been uh, something stirring in me for the last, well, I went to bed last, well, actually, let me back up. About uh, 15 minutes before I went to sleep, I thought I had my sermon, but this morning, I mean, uh, before I went to sleep, it all changed. So I'm on a different flow than I'd planned to be on. 
And then this morning, he really honed it in on me and brought it home to me. And I want to talk about dominion, but I want to talk about when it'll work uh, in other people's lives. Because more Christians frustrate their faith trying to make it work for other people or in situations where they have no authority than in any other thing. And they, they just kind of act like if I say it, it'll come to pass. Not in other people's lives, it won't. Amen. You can make a supply of the Spirit through prayer to them. You can even pray for them that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened and uh, so forth and so on. But uh, you can't always exercise dominion for somebody else. And uh, so we need to look at this a little bit because the Lord put some things on my heart. If you're hungry, we'll get this utterance this morning. Amen. Your dominion's primarily for yourself, but you can't push things off on other people. Amen. Now, you go reading in the Bible, for example, uh, there's several accounts. Uh, I'll just give you some of these. We won't take the time to look at all of them. But uh, like Jesus, uh, there was a man came to Jesus in Luke 7. He was a centurion, and he came on behalf of his servant. And he could actually, uh, you know, because Jesus was going to come. He said, no, you don't need to come under my roof. Just speak the word. Say the word, and my servant will be healed. Do you remember that? And Jesus said, I've not found faith like this in all of Israel. And he said, go your way. Your servant, you know, is is well. And he went, and his servant was restored to health. Because the man said, I understand. I'm in the military. I'm a centurion means he's a a Roman soldier over, what, 100 soldiers. And he said, this is what the man said. He said, you don't need to come under my roof. You just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And he said, here's the reason why, because I understand authority. Yes, that's right. Yes, he said, I understand that if I say come to uh, one of my soldiers unto me, he comes. If I say go, he goes. And then he said about his servant, the one that is sick, he said, if I say do this, he does it. In other words, he's a submitted servant. He's, he's, he's uh, in position where this uh, centurion could use his faith for him, for the servant. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a situation where I'm, I need to receive something from God, I want my faith to be working, number one. I want, my, I want to be, be able to walk in authority myself. But number two, if there's other people around that can add their faith to me and agree with me and bring their supply to me, I want all the help I can get. So therefore, it, it'll pay me richly to be properly submitted to where God put me and be in a place where somebody can use their faith for me. Amen. So um, that's one situation. Then we've got in John 4, verses 4 through 6, um, there, there's the nobleman's son. And that's another man that uh, Jesus said, you, you just, I'll just speak the word. And then Jairus' daughter, Mark 5, uh, 22 you remember Jesus, uh, he was on his way to minister to Jairus' daughter. Jairus is the ruler of the synagogue, and he's uh, on his way to minister to her. And uh, remember, the people came and said, don't trouble the master, she's already dead. And Jesus heard it and said, fear not, believe only, remember? And, uh, and, and uh, she was raised up from the dead. That's a man believing for somebody else, a, a father believing for a daughter. All these accounts that I'm giving you, they are someone believing for someone else. But it's all based on authority. You can't just believe for someone else indiscriminately on the street. 
I remember one time in healing school, for example, <clears throat> somebody came to healing school and said, man, I, I would love for you to go up my, I believe it was his uncle, up in one of the hospitals there. I would love for you to go up and minister to my uncle. I said, well, I'd be glad to go. And he said, okay, well, here's his room number and so forth. And, and, uh, and so I went up there, knocked on the door. I said, hello, is this Mr. So-and-so? He looked at me like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, do I know you? I said, yeah. well, you're, you're, I believe it was his nephew, I think, uh, has been coming to healing school and he saw us there ministering and he asked if I would come up and, uh, and minister to you. He said, you were sick. You know, I introduced myself, gave him my name. And he said, well, um, I don't much believe in all that. Okay. Wow. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't have authority. I don't, can't just indiscriminately go in there and believe for him. No, come on. I mean, uh, you know, like jurisdiction, for example, we were talking about police forces having jurisdiction. You've got, you know, like the city police here have jurisdiction. I don't know how this all works, but I know they have jurisdiction. The state police have jurisdiction. And, uh, and then sometimes there's a crime committed in one state and somebody goes across the state line. And so uh, police in one state will work with in, in, in cooperation with police in another state, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, because... Uh, you know, they can work together because it affected both of them. Maybe the criminal went across state lines or something, right? You understand what I'm talking about? So, but uh, that'll work. There's, there's places that that'll work in the spirit as well. Jesus gave us called the prayer of agreement. Isn't that good? I might not have full jurisdiction in your life, but if you come and you say, would you agree with me? Then somebody else could grab hands and grab and, and yes. get in faith together with yes. you. Amen. And uh, two, agreeing together, yes. it, I might not have jurisdiction alone, but you have asked and invited yes. me Amen. to minister. And so that'll, that opens the door for me Amen. to add my faith with yes. you. Amen. In other words, Amen. you transferred a measure of authority to me. Now, when I talk about authority in other people's lives, I'm not talking about to control their lives. I'm talking, to rec- I'm talking about receiving things from God together with them or for them. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about telling people who to marry or what, co- what clothes to wear or what color car to wear or where to live. That's a bunch of baloney. I'm talking about using our faith for one another to receive from God. So... Um, you know, uh, really, James 5, I'm just going to share more out of my heart than I share a lot of scriptures and, you know, prove everything from the Word. We could take the time to prove it from the Word. One of the best scriptures there is Luke 7. But, uh, but uh, like James chapter number 5, for example, it talks about, is any sick among you, verse 14, is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Notice he didn't say, let his nephew ask somebody to go and pray. That like, that, that like happened in healing school. That, that, that nephew said, I would love for you to go up and pray. Well, I should have asked, you know, does your uncle want me to come? You know, because usually, you know, somebody said, well, I love him and I want to use my faith for him. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you love him more than Jesus? So does Jesus. But that doesn't mean that you or Jesus can do anything for him. Right? You might not have authority, and he might not have opened the door to Jesus. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open, I'll come in. We'll sup together. So we use that for people that aren't saved. We say, you know, in a salvation prayer time, we'll say, you know, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart knocking. We understand that. Nothing wrong with that. But the context that he's using that in the book of Revelation is not for unsaved people. It's for Christians. 
You know, Jesus isn't in every area of every Christian's life. But he does want to come in. <laughs> but see, they have to invite him in. They have to open the door to him. And they have to open the door for somebody to come if they want to be healed. They have to open the door through, like, like James 5 said, is any sick among you, let him call. Not let somebody else ask that the preacher would go pray for them. Right, right. They might not believe in it. Right, yeah, come on. Right? Let him call. When he calls, he's opening, uh, he's actually giving that minister authority. Yes. That's what he's doing. He's transferring authority. Amen. You can see in the Bible when Jesus ministered all over, you know, when he was on, on the earth on his earthly ministry, he always, whenever people called or asked or invited him to come and minister, even to somebody else that was under their authority. Now, you can't do it for just anybody indiscriminately that's not under your authority. We're talking mostly children, par parents who have children, or that one case where there's a servant that uh, was submitted to his, uh, his, his centurion. Uh, there's a case of Peter's mother-in-law. Yes. She was sick of a fever and they asked him, the yeah. Bible said, for her. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's a close relative. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but she obviously received it. Yes, amen. You understand? She, yes, was, a, she was a believer in Jesus too. Yeah. But, but my point is that they, uh, every time Jesus was invited to go minister to somebody, they got healed every single time. Yeah. Every time. But not every time that he went to them were they healed. Jesus' own hometown. He went to his own hometown and he could there do no mighty work. Why? Well, they don't much believe in all that. We, you know, he grew up playing with our son in the sandbox, you know. Just, who's, he, who's he claiming to be anointed? No honor, no faith. Actually offended at him for even claiming to be anointed. I get amused. In fact, I'm just getting a little bolder about some of these things. People, they get separated from us. They're, they're, we're their pastors. They get separated from us, get offended, go talk about it, so forth, and they're gone for a while. And then they want to come back, and they, they, they're in a need, and they want to come back and say, would you pray for us? And just kind of like, act like nothing ever happened. Right. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And expect God to do something. Honey, it doesn't work that way. That's right. Come on. It doesn't work that way. Now, the preacher might pray because he's walking in love and he's not holding anything against anybody. But that doesn't mean you're going to get anything. I get, I get People are funny in their thinking. They just think they can get offended and then criticize and spread your name all over town, do whatever they say, whatever. And then they, they get a need and they want to come back and have you pray. Well, that doesn't work. Amen. You have... You have removed yourself from under that authority. The preacher didn't do that. God didn't do that. You did that. You hindered your prayer. First Peter three talks about uh, wives, husbands love you know dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wives under the week of wrestle, uh, uh, lest your prayers be hindered. If if that man hinders his prayers, I can't unhinder his prayers. I'm not the one that hindered him. He's the one that hindered him. So if he's the one that hindered him, then he's going to have to be the one that unhinders him. I might pray, but that doesn't mean anything's going to happen. 
I'm just telling you the truth about it. Some, some people, they get real funny. They, they, I, I don't understand some people. They, I, guess they're just, I guess they're just in the dark is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual yeah. confusion. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So why is it getting so quiet in here? Come on. It's good. It's good. Amen. So anyway, but uh, when, let him call. Let him call. So uh, that's really transferring authority whenever he does that. Then we've got uh, the paralytic let down through the roof. The Bible said, remember the man let down through the roof on that couch? The Bible said when, when, they, when Jesus saw their faith, they're all believing God together. When he saw their faith, you can use your faith to help people that you love to get them right into the presence of Jesus. Uh, and it was, it was their faith that brought him into that, that healing anointing, actually brought that healing anointing into manifestation. But once he got into the presence of Jesus, from then on, it was not their faith anymore. It was between Jesus and that man. Jesus struck up a conversation with the man and started, and started uh, seeing if he had the door open or not. Does that make any sense? So we can use our faith sometimes to bring people right up to the very edge of their healing. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes even because they're in the room full of a mass faith, a corporate faith, even they even receive something, listen, but temporarily. Because they got it on our faith, but they don't, they don't know how to keep hold of that because like Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, they have no root in themselves. So you got to develop a root in yourself. Other people can help you temporarily, but they can't, they can't develop a root down into the word of God for you. Amen. Just sharing out of my heart this morning. Um, uh, sometimes this happens, younger, younger, uh, spiritual, uh, Christians, they'll, they'll come in and, and, uh, you know, we can use our faith for them a whole lot, yeah. get a whole lot of things, whole lot of things off of them. Yeah. 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 And, uh, they think, man, this church is wonderful. Woo, man, this is my church. Wow. I'm sitting yeah. my, I'm parking myself right here. <laughs> Cause I mean, that pastor's got it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, man, every time he prays, I get it. Yeah. So ooh, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna mooch off their faith for the rest of my life, and I'm just gonna spark. so they park and they start hearing the word and they start realizing they can pray the prayer of faith. Right. They start realizing they have authority. Yes. Ah, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't really want to use that myself. Pastor prays and he gets it. Come on. Well. So next time they, you know, it's like growing up spiritually. Yeah. Growing up spiritually is like growing up naturally. Yeah. When a baby is born into your home, you do everything for them. But as they get older, you do less and less for them. Right? Whenever they're first born, they, you get them the bottle, right? But that doesn't work at 17 years old. And you go, get your bottom off the couch. The refrigerator's right over there. You know where the bread is. You know where the mayonnaise is. You know where the sliced turkey is. Right? Yes, sir. You expect more out of them. You expect to do some things for themselves. Same thing's true spiritually. Same thing. So they they think, well, I'm parking right here. That man, this pastor's got it. They start getting a little growing a little in the word. God starts expecting something out of them. And pastor lays hands on them and nothing happens. Well, I don't know what happened there. I guess I'll try it again. Lay hands on them again. Nothing happens. 
Well, pastor once had it. Let's try this again. <laughs> Lay hands on him. Nothing happens. Well, pastor had it, but he lost it. Pastor lost it. So I guess I have to go somewhere else. No, it's not that pastor lost it. It's God's expecting more out of you. Amen. We're learning some things this morning. Uh, the, the older your children get, the more you expect out of them. I mean, the day comes when you have really no authority in their life. They get out of your home, living on their own. You know, 45 years old. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You're on your own. Bye-bye. You know, actually long before that. Long before that. Right? But there was a time you could pray for them and, and you could get things for them. Amen. Here's another thing. They have to want it. They have to want it. Your children have to want it like you want it. Amen. And aunts and uncles, they got to want it. And they, uh, you know, you can pray. I've seen this. You can pray the prayer of faith a time or two for loved ones, especially the closer. You know, you get out. seems like the further you get out from, the further, you, the more distant the relatives are, it seems like the authority wanes as it gets out there further. Uh, the spiritual authority is pretty much laying right on top of natural authority. That's good. Anywhere there's natural authority, there's some spiritual authority there. Like, I don't have natural authority to come into your house and redecorate and say, I don't like this color of paint. I don't think that picture looks good there. I think you ought to have two deer heads right there. <laughs> I don't have that authority. Everybody said, praise the Lord, right? When we, when we moved into our new house, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, you know that ram's head that, my, that I got from my dad? That would look so good on that wall above our bed, in, the, in our bedroom. I said, but I'm not even going to ask Debbie to put it up there. I don't, I don't want to hear the answer. But it's a gray rock wall. The ram's head's white. It would just stand out with lights on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We got light on it, yeah. and, uh, but I, I said, I'm not even going to ask her. One day she came to me and she said, you know that ram's head you got down there? I said, yeah. She said, that looked real good in our master bedroom right there. I'm like, miracles do still happen. <laughs> because it matched. <laughs> How'd we get on that? I don't know. I, I don't have authority to come into your house and put up, right. do what I want to do. That's right. You right? right. I can't come in and say, I don't want you to spend your money on that. I want, I want to spend money on this. Right. No. It's not my place. Yeah, no, right. Thank God. Yeah. Amen. Say, thank God. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> You've got authority there. Yes. Well, that, that, if I don't have authority in your home to do that, I don't have authority to come in and say, now that devil has been in harassing your home. Unless you say, Pastor, yeah. some stuff's been trying to get in our house. Yeah. 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 I'm going I'm to submit this to you to come over here and help agree with us. Yeah. Yeah. 
get this thing out of our house. I might come in and I might say, what have the kids been watching on TV? By, by, by submitting to that office that might say, okay, there's some things that have opened the door here. Where is it? You might have to make some adjustments. But hey, what's the alternative? Well, praise the Lord. All, all that shouting, did you hear that? The shouting kind of went out the window. We're talking about authority. Praise the Lord. So um, there's a direct correlation between natural authority and spiritual authority. You can see that in these, these stories. These are people, I'm talking about these scriptures we already gave you. We haven't given all of them to you. Uh, the Syrophoenician's daughter, that's a good illustration of what I just said. The Syrophoenician was the, the lady that came, my daughter's grievously vexed, come and, and, and deliver her, you know, and Jesus didn't answer her. You remember that? And uh, the disciples said, send her away. And Jesus says, not me to cast the children's bread and give it to dogs. You remember that? And uh, finally, she humbled herself and said, because she's using borrowed phraseology, Joe Lord, son of David. She didn't even know what son of David meant. She wasn't a Jew. Uh, you know, just <clears throat> she, was, uh, she was just hearing other people say things that uh, must be the magic phrase. Yeah. And, uh, and the Bible said, it's not me. To, and Jesus said, it's not me to take children's bread and give it to dogs. She said, truth, Lord. Yeah. Get the dogs, eat the crumbs from the master's table. Yeah. And she, then the Bible says she worshiped him. Yeah. And Jesus said, great is your faith, be it unto you. And she, her daughter was delivered. Hallelujah. But, um, but there had to be some adjustments to get there. But that's somebody using their faith for somebody else. You can't do that without authority. She had authority in her daughter's life. And then there's the lunatic boy, that's that, that the Syrophoenician's daughter is Matthew 15, 22, if you're writing things down. The lunatic boy who was, you know, the demon would make him cast into the fire and into the water. You remember that? Try to destroy his life. That's Mark 9, 14 through 29. That boy, that, that father believed God for that boy's deliverance. Can you see, though, that all these accounts are, most of them are family members, especially children. Parents believing for children. You know why that works is, is because they have authority there to protect the children with their faith. Amen. God's not holding children. Do you know that uh, there is an age of accountability? Paul said, I was alive unto God once, then sin revived and I died. Talked about coming to the place where he knew he needed to be redeemed. I remember the very day that happened for me. There's an age of accountability where now you're responsible. You can't ride, you know, just, you know, being a child anymore. You ever notice over in the Old Testament when God's, whenever Israel wouldn't go into Canaan's land, they complained. They said, we can't. There's giants and all of that. And the Bible says they got an unbelief. And God said, all right, uh, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And then he said this, everyone 20 years old and younger will live, but everyone 20 years old and older will die. Remember that? Yep. Why didn't the younger ones die? They weren't accountable. Yeah, they weren't accountable. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. And in that stage, you can use your faith for them. But the more accountable they become and the more they know and the more that God expects out of them, the more they grow, the more they get knowledge of the word, so forth and so on, you're not going to be able to use your faith for them near as much. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yes, sir. I mean, none of us should want to be faith mooches. No, no, sir. I don't know if you know what a faith mooch is. That means you're just trying to ride everybody else's faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. As a spiritual baby, that's a good thing. You can do that. Yeah, right, right. Right? 
But eventually, God expects us to stand, stand on our own feet, spiritually, so to speaking. Is this making any sense this morning? Praise the Lord. So the Bible teaches this natural authority, or this spiritual authority, I should say, is laying right on top of this natural authority. And so uh, you can exercise faith for spiritual babies, uh, those that haven't yet learned some things. We've held people alive here before until they got a hold of the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. And so um, let's just keep on, uh, let's learn some things here about this. You want to learn some things here before we go? We still got a little bit of time. Um, So uh, when one in authority opens up access to the devil, like, for example, to their children. Now, now, what I'm saying, let me back up and say this. Not only do you have, not only do you have spiritual authority in your children's life and can pray the prayer of faith for them without them necessarily Uh using their faith. They might use it the way they know, but you know what I mean. Um, That'll work for them to receive from God. But it'll also, the, the flip side will also be true. In other words, if the parent, a parent or the parents, are yielding to wrong things in the spirit realm, that will affect those children. Authority permitted it to. And it'll open the door for the devil. It'll give access to the devil to get to your children. Amen. Satan has a right to move in where authority, let's put it this way, the covering in the spirit realm is not present. That God intended be there to protect those children from wrong influences. Amen. That's true about churches. In the modern day, we've got seeker sensitive churches that the, the leadership's yielding to all kinds of stuff. And I don't mind saying some of those churches are full of devils. People bound by devils. Amen. So we don't, we don't allow that stuff around here. You can come if you want to be free. You can come and we'll work with you. I've worked, for pe- I've worked with people for 17 years. Just working with them. Just working with them because they wanted to be free. But I'll never forget one day I, I looked at them and I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Don't, don't accuse me of not being compassionate because I, I was working with them for 17 years. Yeah. But I look and I said, something's wrong. What is going on? Something isn't yeah. right. Yeah. I just, I said, man, I got such an alarm in my yeah. spirit. Yeah. Come on. I didn't know what it was. And I just was praying about it. And I knew right inside. Nope. They, 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 they've just decided they don't want to be free. All right. All right. So what did I do? Kicked them out of the church. You what? Yeah. If you knew what, what it was, you'd know, you'd say, thank you for kicking them out of the church. Amen. Amen. And they knew it. Yeah, yeah, they knew it. Absolutely. They knew they knew what was coming. Yeah. Because yeah. they knew they didn't want to be free. True. You ought to be thankful because that keeps the church clean. This is a fellowship of people that want to be free and, and worship with worship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, not demon spirits. You don't want to be trying to worship God and besides you, some, some person bound by homosexuality and doesn't want to be free. Now, the, the wants to be free, that's a different deal. But I'm talking about somebody that doesn't want to be free. You open the door to that and you'll get a church full of devils. And the Holy Spirit will say, bye-bye, I'm out the back door. Because authority let it in. We don't preach every service like this, but we need to hear it from time to time. Hallelujah. Samson found out you can't fellowship with devils in the daytime and then live free at the same time. 
Yeah, he sure did. Amen. Well, that's true in the, in the church. That's true, in, uh, that's true uh, in your home. There are people whose children are going through what they're going through because the authority in the house has opened the door to it. Those children are underage. Brother Hagin didn't talk about it much, but he said the Lord told him one time that he was born deformed because of the sins of his father. Now, don't take that as a blanket case for every situation. I'm not talking about that's a blanket case. Oh, well, you know, because one time Jesus, they asked Jesus, there was a man born blind. Uh, and they said, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither. So what I just said about Brother Hagin's father is not a blanket case for every person. But that can be the case. Amen. Praise the Lord. So somebody said, well, you know, I'm kind of doing this over here on the side and nobody knows about it. Well, in the spirit realm, it's not if your kids know about it or not. It's whether authority has opened the door to it in the house. Because if authority here opens the door to it, everybody under that authority has that thing's going to afflict every single one of them. And people wonder, why do all those kids turn out that way? Well, because of daddy. Yeah, come on. That's an incentive to live clean. Because you don't want your kids going through the same stuff you're going no, through. No. Well, it's a little different in here this morning. <laughs> Talking about authority. Amen. Uh, Brother Terry Mize told a story that's just phenomenal. Just amazing. Uh, you remember he was here, he and his wife Renee. Uh, he has a whole lot of revelation on the authority of the believer. Whole lot of revelation. And uh, he said his, uh, well, now Mr. Renee's wife, his first wife died, uh, but his first wife's uh, mother, I believe, if I got, the, got it right, <clears throat> um, was, uh, I guess she had been attacked a lot of times with asthma in her body. And uh, she, was, she was saved. She was, I think if I remember right, she was filled with the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, had some light of the word, but not a whole lot. And uh, whenever she'd get attacked with asthma attacks, she would call, she'd call them the kids. That's, you know, Terry and what was his first wife's name? Jackie, yeah. Uh, she call the kids, they'll pray, everything will be all right. And Brother Terry Mines said every time she'd call, they'd pray, it'd be all right. The attack would just, <clears throat> just stop right there. <clears throat> so, um, well, um, so there was a, Brother Terry Mines said that uh, once, uh, once that uh, they, I guess it was during a week of camp meeting at Brother Hagin's camp meeting, he decided, uh, Mom, you know, Jackie's mom, come, come and uh, be in camp meeting with us. We want you to get the word too, you know. And so she said, well, you know, um, I, I'm, I, you know, she started dating this guy. He was a good man, loved God, but he didn't have any revelation about faith, healing, authority, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You understand, yes, um, you know, love God, go to heaven just as quick as anybody else. You understand, but just some of those, he did how many of you knew you love God and come short of some of yeah. the blessings God has for you. Yeah. And so, but he was, uh, they were dating and they actually ended up getting married. And, uh, in the process of time they said, come to camp meeting with us. And she said, no, she said, I got things to do and so forth. And so she didn't go. Well, they enjoyed camp meeting all week, brother Terry and miss Jackie, but camp meeting all week. And they were, uh, uh, you know, back, packing up after camp meeting, getting ready to go back home, got a phone call that mama had an asthma attack and died. 
And they were shocked. And so Brother Terry told the testimony. He said, I went to the Lord. I said, now, Lord, I'm a man of God. I need to know what happened here. I need to be able to not not only know what happened for my own understanding, but I need to be able to help other people here. Because we've always been able to use our faith. And and, uh, now, now, I mean, what happened here? And uh, he said, the Lord said to him, you notice she never, once they got married, her and this uh, new, new husband, once they got married, you notice she never called you again for prayer. He said, man, I'd, I'd have to think about it. He went into uh, Miss Renee there, you know, they were getting ready one morning and said, now, has she ever called us since they got married? And they kind of sat and thought about it and decided, no, she hasn't called. So Brother Terry went back to the Lord and said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? I wrote it down because it was so powerful what the Lord said to him. Um, He said, said, you used to have spiritual authority because she looked to you as a spiritual covering. It wasn't something she did consciously, but she uh, she had transferred... Uh, that spiritual authority to her husband since she got married. She remarried. She didn't consider Terry to be her covering anymore. Her new, her, her now covering was her husband. You get that? Notice, notice that statement. She had transferred spiritual authority. You know, she probably never knew until she got to heaven, never knew she did that. Now, it would be okay if the one you're transferring spiritual authority to had the goods. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. You know what I mean by had the goods? They knew what they had in God. They knew the authority they had and exercised it. But they didn't. Does that make them a bad person? No. Love God. Good people. You understand? But just didn't know how to exercise, didn't know they had authority, yeah. didn't know they had the power in the name of Jesus, and didn't exercise it. Yeah. Be careful who you transfer authority to. All right now. Come on. Amen. Be careful who you take it away from. It could be life or death. Well, it's a, it's a good time to say amen. So um, she transferred that spiritual authority to her new husband, probably didn't even know she did it. And so um, you're, you can submit yourself to something that has no power to deliver you or someone. Let me say this. Who you submit to determines what you submit to. When I say submit, I don't mean, you know, you do every whim that they ask. You know what I mean by submit? I mean, you say, I'm going to, I'm going to sit under that ministry or sit under, I'm going to, I'm going to. Let's talk about marriage a little bit. I know it's time. <laughs> we're running out of time. But you ever notice in the marriage ceremony that we conduct and in the United States is pretty common. Whenever the bride comes down with the father, let's say they come down this aisle and the father's got his arm. He's, he's taking his uh, daughter uh, and he's bringing her down. And she's on his arm. Right. And then the preacher asks a very dangerous question. <laughs> Who gives this woman in holy matrimony? Her mother and I, right? And then that man, the father, takes her hand and her arm from his and puts it in, because the, the groom's standing right there, and takes that arm and puts it in his 
the, the bride's arm, puts it in his arm, the groom's arm. We should, we, we call it the uh, presenting of the bride or whatever we call that. What we also, what we ought to call it is the transfer of authority. Because that's exactly what's happened. Up until that point, that father had authority in that daughter's life. Now, I don't mean, you know, you understand, people hear authority and they may get all freaked out like, you know, control, control, control. I'm not talking about control. I'm talking about spiritual authority. Spiritual authority, where you have the, the covering to be able to say, no, Satan, take your hands off. That transfer of authority happens there. And you young girls, you, you young ladies that are single and you're believing God for a, a mate, be sure the one that you transfer spiritual authority to has got the goods. You know, you've heard the term marry up. You better marry somebody that's, that's, that's sitting up, up in the authority. Not to control. I think you hear what the Spirit of God said. Not to control, but to say whenever the devil comes, you take your hands off my family. You take your hands off my family. Hallelujah. I see some girls smiling real big. They're like, yeah, that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get me a good one. That's right. They're going to get you a good one. Say that. Make that confession. I'm going to get me a good one. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> Some of you are saying, I already got me a good one. <laughs> but I'm asking the single ladies to say, I'm going to get me the right one. Okay, I, that, that was weak, but good enough. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So you can transfer authority to someone else, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. I know people that their only problem is who they're living with, who they're connected with. And it's not just a living thing, it's an authority thing. They want to yield to the flesh, the devil, and every foul spirit in the city. But, but, and somebody wants to live there and be free from all that. You don't understand authority. Well, I'm just taking authority over, over that thing influencing him. You don't have, if he's the highest authority in the house, you have no right to take authority over you, you don't have authority there. You, to get free, get out. Let's talk about relatives that want to be free. Some don't want to be free. A lot of relatives don't listen to you. Because, you know, they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd have to admit you know more than them, and they can't do that. But, but if relatives do want help, yeah. don't go to, to be free from devils or whatever. Don't go to their house. Bring them to your house. Because you don't have authority over there, but you've got authority in your house. See, authority is not just, you know, like what we've been talking about. Somebody wants to be free and things like that. But authority is also territorial. You can't get on the devil's territory without being sent there by the Holy Ghost to do something. Now, that's a different deal. But you can't just walk onto the devil's territory and say, I'm taking over here. You have no authority there. You can't walk into your relative's house and change the furniture. So you can't walk in there and say, in the name of Jesus, I command all these devils out of here. You don't have that kind of authority. But people do. They frustrate their faith. Now, if those demons in those family members or whoever 
This could be co-workers. It could be a lot of different situations. But if those demons are trying to use that person to harass you, uh, you know, you know, affect you and, and torment you and so forth and all that, then you have authority over that thing working through them, but you don't have authority over them being bound by it in their own personal, excuse me, their own personal lives. Does that make any sense? I remember Brother Hagin said he was... Uh, this is, I'm just sharing it out of my heart. You getting anything out of this? He was, he was uh, I guess, one of his trips he was taking to minister somewhere. He said he stopped by in uh, Salt Lake City. And don't be offended if I call names, all right? You just got to be honest sometimes. Stopped by Salt Lake City to tour the Brooklyn Tabernacle thing. What's that called? The Mormon, the headquarters of the Mormon. It's not a church. The Mormons. Huh? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did I say Brooklyn? That's the Mormon, what's that called? Tabernacle, Mormon Tabernacle. He stopped out there to tour that place. And he said the, the tour guide was taking around, showing him different things. And then he pointed up to the uh, steeple on top of whatever building is the main building there. And he said that steeple up there has that, that angel up on top. That, what's that? Mordecai or whatever the name of that angel was that appeared to Joseph Smith to give him that revelation. Anytime angels are bringing revelations, watch out. I'm not saying they don't bring words of knowledge and stuff. You see that in the Bible. But bringing doctrine to establish doctrine, watch out. Angels don't preach doctrine. But this angel, it's a fallen angel, it's a demon, was, was the one that gave Joseph Smith this revelation. And so they put an image of him, I guess in gold or whatever up there, on top. And the, and the Lord God pointed up to that image and said, now that's the image of that, well, I think it's Mordecai or something. I, I might be saying that wrong. Moroni, thank you. Uh, and, and said, that's the uh, angel that appeared to Joseph Smith. Whenever that, that tour guide did that, uh, Brother Higgins, take, he's got his family there. And Ken Jr. is, I think, about 12 years old. He's Pastor Higgins, you know, the respectful term for him now. But back then he was just 12 years old. He, he uh, fell, Brother Higgins looking up there and heard behind, thump behind him. Looked around and Ken Jr. is in a convulsion behind him. Brother Higgins turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. Said, grab the students and let's get out of here. And the Lord told him, he said, you can't, you can't be a tourist on the devil's territory and stay free from that bondage. And uh, he said, uh, if I had sent you here on assignment to minister, that'd be a different thing. But he said, you can't be a tourist on the devil's territory. You know, people, the Christians are interested in what, what happens at a seance. Let's go to a seance and see what happens. That's, that's dangerous. You're on the devil's territory. Well, I'm going to go there and bind the devil. You're on his territory. Now, if those people try to come into your house, you say in the name of Jesus. Exactly. Yes, sir. That's right. Or if the Lord sent you there. That's a different thing. But I don't think he's going to send hardly anybody there. Amen. Did you get anything out of this? We're talking about authority. Praise the Lord. I think it's important that we address some of these things. These things can be absolutely life and death. Who you transfer authority to. Uh, young people, um, it's not cool to investigate the, the spirit world through like Ouija boards, uh, stuff like that. You, you can't open yourself up to that stuff. And what's that? Harry Potter stuff. This stuff is not cool. It's, it's culture, but it's demonic. You can't fellowship with that and be free from demon spirits. You've opened up to that 
you know, the Bible said even Christians can fellowship with devils. Bible said over there, I would not, Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, I would not that you had fellowship with devils. You can't fellowship with devils and then exercise authority over them. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, You know, a, a lot of things that happen in people's life, especially believers, is linked to spiritual authority, but people don't make the connection in their minds. I've had parents here at at the church say that God spoke to them and said, and this is tough. Listen, this is tough. And I'm not saying there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of situations like that, but if, if, if the Lord deals with you, you got to listen to the Holy ghost, you know, um, parents of children here that they had to, the Lord told them, don't let your children over at mom and dad's house overnight by themselves. And I've watched parents respond to that and their, their children turn out right and parents say well that's that's mom, grandma and grandpa you know what harm can it do whenever there's there's wrong spirits on grandpa all it takes is a moment of tell your neighbor he's preaching pretty good whether you're amen or not see you have set them under the authority of whatever's in that home well, they can share Jesus. Your children are not assigned to get them saved. If he's not holding them accountable to even, even for uh, being able to understand their need of salvation yet, why is he holding them accountable to get grandma and grandpa saved? I'm not saying they can't, but I'm, not, I'm just saying, you know, don't send them as your evangelists. Man, I'm just now starting to get started here. So it's important that you listen to the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about being afraid and getting suspicious of everybody, but you have to be wise spiritually. You have to be alert that our culture is filling up with people oppressed by devils and twisted and perverted and uncleanness and stuff that's just, it's just getting worse and worse. So you got to keep the door closed to it. And you can. I'm not, talking, I'm not preaching fear this morning. I'm just talking about authority and not giving authority to the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, sometimes, um, you know, people, they say, uh, I don't know what happened in that situation. Examine this area of authority. Examine, did I submit in any way to somebody who didn't have things from God to minister? Or did I submit my children? A lot of times the vital situation is things that people don't think of at all. Because the vital issue was authority. Amen? Well, praise God. People say, I don't know what happened in that situation. I remember burying a young man. We came to church here for a while. He's in his 30s when we buried him. And everybody's boohooing at the funeral. No, I, that's tough. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, not trying to be hard, but everybody's just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And, and the Lord had already told me what happened. And mama's crying the hardest, but she was the one that did it. She didn't raise him right. He could do no wrong. Yeah, we got everything he wanted. And he wanted drugs. Tell your neighbor he's preaching all right. People cry. But they don't recognize authority and what happened. There's a reason. There's a cause. These things are not just freaks. You know, that woman, 
you know, that, that Syrophoenician woman, you know, that daughter that was grievously vexed of a devil. Here's my question. What's happening in that home to where she got grievously vexed of a devil? Amen. We've had people that wanted us to take in their children. Pastor Debbie and I take in their children because their children are turning out wrong. And we said, they wouldn't last a week at our house. We could get them free, but they would leave because they wouldn't be able to handle what it takes to be free. Because the way you're raising them, they have no rules. They can do anything, watch anything, yield to any devil. And we wouldn't allow that in our house. We fellowship with the Holy Ghost in our house. We don't fellowship with demons in our house. And so, you know, they, they, and, and they were undisciplined. They weren't made to, to live right and the, the wrong friends were allowed in their lives. Mom and dad, you have authority over who your fr- children's friends are. You can say no to that friend. I'm not saying everybody's bad, but you know, you got you to know what's on little Johnny or little Susie. Amen. This will help you to save you a whole lot of heartache. People cry because their son got put in jail. Well, how did you raise him? That's right. Come on, somebody. Just, it's all good. It's all true. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're going we're gonna to suck it up a little bit. What do you say? So um, there's, there's spiritual authority that can be transferred. There's, there's openings that can be uh, opened in the spirit realm because somebody under a person in authority uh, or, or somebody in authority has yielded to something. And so the ones under the, the authority get oppressed by it. I like what Pastor Nancy said. She said, children are just passengers in your home. I mean, they're just, they're just like, like taking a car ride. Those children in the back seat, they're just passengers. Your children in your home are just, whatever. they're, they're going to turn out as a reflection of whatever you yield to in that home. Absolutely. Whatever you yield to is what's going to start oppressing them. So, you know, just know ahead of time, Brother Hagin used to say, he said, I could predict uh, how, he was a pastor for, I don't know how many years, a number of different churches. He said, I could always predict how people's children would turn out. He said, not because of revelation gifts. He said, I had revelation gifts, but he said, not because of that. He said, just because of how much they, they kept their, their homes free from the fellowship of wrong things and how much of the word they got in them, how spiritual they were, whether they were carnal, they yielded you know, the world and the flesh. And, you know, there's always demons attached to that fleshy worldly stuff. I know people think that's radical, but you live your bound life and think I'm radical. I'm going to live my radical life and be free. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I, I grew up as a teenager oppressed and I know what it's like. I can't, there's certain things on, on television I can't watch or movies I can't watch because of what I was bound with in the past. I, I'm just, I'm sensitive the things in the spirit realm that other people seem to be okay with. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, no, can't stand that stuff. Amen. Amen. So be, be spiritual, be, be tuned in to what's happening. I'll never forget one time a a, a child came through the, this was after, this was years ago, probably 12, 15 years ago. No, no, probably 10 or 15 years ago. Um, Probably more like 10 years ago. Came through the back line. It was after Christmas. Guess what I got for Christmas? Guess what I got for Christmas? Now, these are people who've been in the church for a long time. I thought had the word in them. But, uh, and I thought they knew spiritual things. What'd you get for Christmas? I was all excited. What'd you get for Christmas? I got Harry Potter for Christmas. 
I'm like, what? Some of you are looking at me like, what's wrong with that? Uh, anything that's paranormal, that's super, that somebody's got supernatural powers, that's not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and doesn't bring glory to his name, that's demonic. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can thank me later or else you can come for prayer later. My child, my child. Yeah, I know. You opened the door to it. Yeah, but they just cry and kick a fit until they get it. Well, then you need to learn to be the parent. You're not the butler in that house down there. You're the parent. And you're not your child's friend. You're the parent. Amen. Well, stand up with me. Praise the Lord. There's a whole lot more. We'll see how much we can get out maybe at another time. And can I just say this? When I'm talking about transferring authority, don't give your doctor spiritual authority. He says, you have to do this. You have to take this treatment. Or this is what's going to happen. You're going to die at so, you know, six months or something like that. Now, he's just working in the medical field. I'm not saying he's the enemy. But, but don't let him speak that and, and be the, the, the one who determines what happens because you just listen to what he says and submit to those words. Amen. And any doctor that I'm not, I'm not against doctors. They are great help and a lot of, a lot of good ones. You understand that. But any doctor that says you have to do this, he's a liar. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. Amen. Now you might appreciate his good advice. You might consider what he's saying. I'm not saying that he's giving you bad advice, but anybody, anybody that tries to make you do something, you just tell them, thank you. I'm going somewhere else. I appreciate you telling me what, what you would suggest and what, what medical science says would help and things like that. And you might, you might even do that. But they, they don't give them a God complex to where they can just say anything and, and, and just make you take some medicine. If you'd have no witness about it in your spirit, you follow this, not what he's trying to force you to do. Amen. That's, that's, that, that doctor has no authority to make you take some treatment. Nor does the government. They're not God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying it's wrong to take something the government tries to make you do. I'm just simply saying, if, you know, that's between you and the Lord. That's really none of my business either. That's, that's between you and the Lord. If you have peace about it, do it, man. Shout and praise God while you do it. Do it in faith. If you're going to do it, do it in faith. If you can't do it in faith and you don't have a clear conscience about it, you, nobody has the authority to, to you, you, this is your body, not their body. It's amazing. They, they, they say that about one area and then about abortion. They, this is our body. How'd I get on that? 
We need to hear it. Doctors are not God. And then we say, well, I don't know why all these doctors have a God complex. Like they, they can just make us do anything. Or, well, it's because everybody does what they say all the time. You say, I'm going to go home and pray about this. And if they roll their eyes at you, let them roll their eyes at you. Amen. There's a lot of good doctors. You understand what I'm talking about. But some of these ones, and I've come across some of them, they're pushy. They act like you have to do what they say. And they just try to, I remember I had a knee flare up one time. I don't know how I got on all this. It was really flared up. It was really swelling up and everything. And I, I told Pastor Debbie, I said, just out of love for you, just, just in case that's a blood clot. You know, that, that sometimes is something that happens to people. I just went out of love for you. I want to know that. Because that can be very deadly. I, I didn't have it in my spirit that it was, but I said, just because out of love for you, I'm going to go get this tested out. So they put that, you know, whatever, how they see through there and all that. And I think it's that same thing. They do the, ultra, the baby checking for babies, but I didn't have a baby. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but they, they checked it all out. They said, no, it's just that fluid sac, no blood clot in there. But, uh, but boy, you need to have this and you need to have that. And boy, they started... They had me scheduled and said, accept this calendar for this calendar, and then we'll do this test, and then we'll do this surgery, and then we'll do this. And I just sensed that pressure. I said, no, click. I'll pray about this. But they had me all lined up for all the, they, they had me lined up for everything. I got healed and didn't need a single thing of it. Amen. So who, be careful who you transfer authority to. Amen. I'm not preaching against doctors. Listen, hey, if you need something, live another day. Praise the Lord. Thank God for them. There's a lot of good ones out there. I'm just talking about these people that are real pushy. And they just kind of try to make you do something. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So don't frustrate your faith on some of these things. These things can be, you know, uh, you, you, some places you don't have authority. You're trying to use your faith. Uh, do you know that if you keep trying to use your faith for something that never works because it's not going to work because you don't have authority, yeah, you, you keep trying to use your authority on that, that you're going to damage your faith. You're, you're, it's, gonna, it's just going to be a wimpy faith because you, you keep undermining it, trying to use it for something that never works out. You need victories under your belt. And if you're going to get victories under your belt, you need to operate within the realm of authority so it will operate. It'll work in your realm of authority. And when it works, you're like, woohoo! yeah, let's keep doing this. And it encourages your faith. But if you're trying to use it for something that there's no, there's no authority there to use it, like in somebody else's life, uh, then you're going to keep undermining that and you'll, your, your faith will be destroyed. I remember uh, Miss Leanne's uh, father, who's now in heaven, back, how many years ago was he in the hospital? 2004. And uh, this is how real these things are. He, I didn't know it, but uh, the night before, he, well, let me back up. He was dying. He had, was a liver operation or something, gallbladder operation, and sepsis of the blood set in, or sepsis, whatever, sepsis in here. And uh, that's a deadly thing. I, my dad had sepsis and was healed of it because I remember right back here in the middle of the auditorium, right in these seats, praying, and I laid hold of it. I got it. I said, I got it. My dad's going to live. And he did. He lived sepsis of the blood. But the doctor told me in my doc, dad's case, he said, sepsis of the blood is deadly almost all the time. 
And uh, that would have happened for my dad, and it didn't. It would have happened for your dad, but it didn't. But what I didn't know was, because we all, they, they said he didn't have long to live. I actually talked to the doctor in your dad's case out in the hall about it, and they said, yeah, it's, it's pretty much deadly. So we went in there, and we all agree, and, and, and got into the spirit. And I saw he was already leaving his body, because he's in all machines and everything. And I think it was in a coma, wasn't he? Yes. And uh, I saw he was already leaving his body. And I said, no, no, you don't. And lead down and said, Tom, come on back. You were there. You witnessed. Some of, some of the other people were there. Come on back. Come on back, Tom. Not, not yet. Not time. And he came back into his body. His testimonies. We may still have the book out here. His testimony was he had been walking through heaven talking to different things, different ones. And, and uh, he said, I got to go. Came back in. But see, you might rejoice at that. But that's not the point. The point is this. I didn't know it was that the night before, two days before, your mom had walked in there and said, you know, Pastor Jay's supposed to be our pastor. I didn't know they had said that. You know what that did? It gave me, they transferred that spiritual authority to where all of a sudden, I'd, if I'd have known that in my mind, you might could say, well, you know, he knew that, but I didn't know it. That's how real this is to me. Hallelujah. Praise God. So be careful who you give authority to. Be careful who you take it away from. It can be life or death. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, did you get anything out of this? We could really dig around in this and maybe we will a little bit more because this is so helpful. So helpful. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, uh, I know you, you had us go in different directions and I believe you are answering needs that people have in their life right now by taking us different directions. Thank you for the answers you gave this morning. Lord, those that they, they know what you're saying to them, they know uh, how this applies to their life, their situation right now where they are. Thank you for that answer. We thank you as they walk in the light. We thank you they'll be victorious where there wasn't victory. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. Father, we walk in the light. We thank you for making us a blessing, but teaching us how to stay within our realm of authority and staying in victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Just lift your hands and thank him for the word this morning. Thank you for the word. 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 Father, whatever, however it applies to our life, open our eyes to it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes you can take spiritual authority away from somebody because of letting a fence get in that relationship or something like that. And people say, Okay, well, I just want to get that back. Here's how you get it back. Repentance. That's right. yes. Go to them. Get it right. Get it cleared up. Amen. 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 You know, people want to come back into this church after getting offended and act like everything's okay and have fellowship with everybody. Listen, if you don't accept the authority of the house, you can't have the fellowship of the house. Don't come in here and, don't come in here and act a fool. Amen. These are just things we don't say very often, but it, it just needs to be said right now. It just needs to be said right now. Some people don't know how to repent if they, if they saved their life. Repentance means you come and you get it all cleared up. 
You got to face the person face on and say, I was wrong. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs>